Hey, everybody, it's your producer, Chris Fafalius here. I just want to say once again, on behalf of Chris DeMakes and myself, thanks so much for listening to the podcast every week. We love making this show and all your kind words and your reviews on Apple Podcasts and in the Facebook group and everywhere else are really inspiring to us. And we're going to keep doing everything we can to get every great guest to come on and discuss every great song. Uh, I want to give an extra big thank you to everyone who's a part of our supporting cast program. Your 5 or $10 per month allows us to continue putting the time and effort into this show to make it the best that it can possibly be. As those of you who are part of our supporting cast know, we release an episode of the After Party podcast every Monday. A bunch of people have even told me that they enjoy these episodes as much as they enjoy the main podcast. Uh, on these episodes, we've covered everything from Chris's experiences on particular tours, like with Bon Jovi or Linkin Park or Blink-182 or The Descendants. And we've done episodes where we dive into hit songs from a particular year. And we've done a bunch where we've talked about our favorites of something like our favorite bass lines or our favorite TV theme songs. And a fun one that we did a while back was when Chris and I each talked about our favorite guilty pleasure songs. Uh, so I just wanted to give everybody a little taste of that episode. For those of you who are a part of our supporting cast, you've already heard this one. And once again, thank you. For those of you who aren't, you can hear the full episode plus an entire back catalog of episodes plus a new episode every Monday and the ultimate plus you allow us to continue making the podcast that you love. That's been my catchphrase for supporting cast for a while now. All you got to do is go to chrisdemakes.com and check it out. We absolutely positively thousand percent appreciate your support. Okay. Without any further ado, here's a little sneak peek of the after party guilty pleasures episode. Welcome to the party ready said let's go welcome to the after party the show after the show learn a little something new join us for the ride chris and chris want all of you to know the after party's where it's at the show after the show well hey gang welcome to another after party how's it going chris it's going great and i'm looking forward to this one today we are going to talk about our Top five, or just, I don't know if it's top five, but more just five guilty pleasure songs from each of us. And I want to preface this by saying, I don't feel one bit guilty about liking anything. And I think I'm only using the term guilty pleasures, meaning that most people would consider these guilty pleasures or think that they would be something that we wouldn't like or whatever. But I don't feel one bit guilty about liking anything that I like. Yeah. You know, the, the, the one thing I always, I got called a poser a lot growing up when I was with <laughs> by my punk rocker friends, because I would listen to some of this stuff and they, you know, and I, I was always like, well, cool. You can just listen to your misfits and circle jerks records till you die and just stay in that little box. And it's funny because all of those people that I grew up with, uh, you know, they're like Hank Williams Jr. fans now, and they're you know, they listen right. to they listen to a broad range of, of music, and it's it's kind of like I had my I told you so moment, but I never ever got stuck in a box. I I liked what I liked, you know. I didn't care if it was you know a, a reggae artist or a, a rap artist, an R and B, something out of the punk or metal zone that I was kind of in. Uh, if I liked it, I liked it. I went through that maybe from the time I was fifteen to. 17 or 18 I went through that I just like punk rock music phase 
but that phase didn't last very long because before that I liked everything and then after that I liked everything I just had that little teenage phase but but yeah I think variety is the spice of life man yeah, for you know? for sure. I, I've always and a, a lot of this again. I know that the listeners have heard me talk about it, but I was uh, in a very musical household. My parents were very encouraging in music. There was always new music coming into the home. The radio was always on. MTV was always on. Uh, my parents were constantly bringing home new forty fives, new new seven inch records to play because my dad was learning them with my mom to go out and sing. So uh, everything that that uh, I'm about to talk about here were were songs that my parents sang that I heard a million times. Hey, so I'll get us started on this so you can end up having the last one in the end because we're going to go back and forth with songs. You're most likely going to know all five of mine. We didn't go over this beforehand (laughs) as to what my picks were. But the first one is a song that I think gets made fun of unfairly nonstop to the point where there's actually an internet phenomenon called (laughs) Rickrolling where... People will surprise someone by like thinking you're going to watch something else. And then it's the song that I'm going to talk about, which is never going to give you up by Rick Astley. I just want to tell you how I'm feeling. Gotta make you understand. Never going to give you up. Never going to let you down. Never going to run around and desert you. Never going to make you cry. Never going to say all the dude can sing like an angel the dude's an amazing singer even now today he sounds great he's like probably closing in on 60 he looks like he's 35 still too yeah he recently did a cover of uh foo fighters everlong and it was awesome everything i'll ever feel is real forever everything i'll ever be this good again only thing I ever ask of you Got a promise not to stop when I say when I say I guess it's more the style of Never Gonna Give You Up that gets made fun of. It's so 90s and it's so like yeah, every stereotype of like a 90s dance song or whatever. Is it, is it 90s? I, I thought it was 80s. Mm, is it 90s? Actually, I... Uh, it, de- it definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do a little research here. Give me, give me a second because uh, I, I thought it was 80s, but it might be nine. If it is 90s, that uh, it's right on the cusp. Well, you're right. You're actually right. It, the first performance. I'm gonna, I'm gonna of say it, it was says, 87. Yeah, you're right. You're is, right. Am I right? Well, yes. Yeah. Maybe I was just thinking it was pr- very prevalent in the 90s still. But yeah, 1987. The, the, the okay. song kind of never went away though, Chris. So that. that Right. I think that's the other thing. It's kind of one of those those songs, and you know what? It's funny you picked this one. I could I could have easily picked this. I always loved this song. I think he gets made fun of too for his look. He was very eighties. <laughs> yeah, and I think he gets made fun of because he's a redheaded white guy who who everyone assumed was a black guy. <laughs> I think that that just his voice or whatever. I don't know what it was. I I've heard that referenced before that people were surprised that he, he looked the way he looked. Uh, So maybe that's part of what's funny about it. I don't know. All I do know about this song is that every second of this song is catchy. The verses, you're no stranger to love. You know the rules and so do I. Like everything about this song is so catchy and so good. And and 
I don't know, man. I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. If I would have thought of that, I would have picked it myself. Okay. What you got first on your list? Well, I got a, I got a, very obscure songs all from the 80s I picked. I, I figured if we ever did this again, I could do I could do the 90s, the 2000s, the 70s. I, I went with the 80s first. This is the most obscure song on here. Again, a song that my parents had, had brought home. This I, As a kid, I thought this was a huge hit because it was played a lot in Florida on our local station, 95YNF out of Tampa. It's a band called Chilliwack. Uh, they're from British Columbia. Chilliwack is a little province outside of Vancouver. Uh, C-H-I-L-L. I-W-A-C-K. Weird name. Uh, <laughs> Bill Henderson was the was the mastermind behind this band. And they had a song called My Girl, uh, in parentheses, Gone, Gone, Gone. And I think they had to put Gone, Gone, Gone in parentheses so that radio stations, people uh, thumbing through the records at the stores could, could recognize the song because that was the hook. Uh, it starts out with uh, this uh, vocal thing that, that, that happens. It's not the chorus, but it actually... It could be the chorus. Came from an album called Wanna Be a Star, and they were, it's funny. Touring and up into Canada, I talked to people over the years that know of Chilliwack, but they couldn't get arrested anywhere else. Nobody knows who the hell they are. I, I don't know this song. Yeah. So as far as this being a guilty pleasure, what is the guilty part of this? Is it cheesy? Is it, it is just so... When I've played this for people over the years, like on the tour bus, they're just like, that is awful. They just... Yeah. <laughs> it's part of my childhood that I have memories attached to it. We always talk about that on the show. It's just yeah. something that is... Uh, I'm not embarrassed to liking it. It's just something that most people probably won't like. But it was recorded in 80, 80. It came out in 81, but it's just dated. It sounds like it's from the mid 70s. It's just really dated. But I love the song. So what do you got next? What I got next is, okay, I'll, I'll preface this by saying I am a gigantic fan of this artist. Uh, she has been dubbed the queen of bubblegum pop, but her first hit came out about a decade ago. And it was the most overplayed song in the world. But I got to admit that I enjoyed it every time it came Can on. Can I try to guess? Yeah, go ahead. Is it Katy Perry? No. It's no. not? Okay, okay. No. Close. I mean, kind of close. Uh, Call Me Maybe by Carly Rae Jepsen. Okay. Your stare was holding. Red jean skin was showing. Hot night wind was blowing. Where you think you're going, baby? Hey, I just made you. The song was so overplayed, and yeah, there is, it is the most bubblegum pop song you'll ever hear, uh, but she went on to be like one of my favorite pop artists. I don't know that she ever had a hit as big as, th as this one. She had other hits, no doubt, and I think she's well-respected among the world of pop and indie pop and everything, and, and she's a great performer. She's an awesome songwriter, but this song, it's easy to make fun of. I'm sure, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's my next pick. Is call me maybe. Okay, I was I was in the right uh, area for saying Katy yeah. Perry because she was a around that same time. But yeah, that was a that was a big song. Yeah, yeah, still to this day. We can't get any different polar opposites of of songs right now, and, and <laughs> I'm gonna go back from 2010 back to uh, almost 30 years to 1982, 
they only released one album. It's a band called Sheriff, and the song's called When I'm With You. Maybe it's the way you smile I was always a sucker for Chicago and Journey and the ballads. Again, this was you know played throughout my household as, as growing up. But uh, there was a phenomenon happening in the 80s, and it happened with my next artist, too, which I won't give away right now, almost the exact same timelines, too. What was happening was, and you wouldn't have this happen today, but, but disc jockeys were finding songs that they loved. You know, and Sheriff being one of them, the song came out in 82. It, the album and, and the song was not a hit at all in 82. It just went unnoticed. They were from Toronto, uh, uh, Canada, this band. But in 1989, some disc jockey started playing the track and it lit up the phones. Wow. And from there, then, yeah, it became a massive hit across the United States. The same thing. The next song I'm going to talk about, which we'll get to uh, in, in, a, in a bit. Also in 1989, this happened. I don't know if it was that year in particular, but uh, pr- pretty crazy. But the song became a, a massive hit. Sheriff splintered off into another band called Alias after this. They had a huge, uh, pretty big hit called More Than Words Can Say. I need you now. vocalist almost sounds like the same band and uh, i think that alias was kind of able to come back on the heels uh of this sheriff uh, uh song being reignited uh, in 1989 because the uh the alias record came out in 1990 that's crazy that seven years later and from 82 to 89 production values really changed especially snare drum sounds and things in rock songs and the fact that this was you know nobody was none the wiser no one had any idea that this was recorded seven years prior Huge hit in 89. Wow. Dude, I, yep. that's a crazy story. I know that song. Yeah. <laughs> Baby. <laughs> I was a sucker for ballads, man. I loved I love the, the, just the schmaltzy ballad. The hook of it is just awesome. What, what do you got? Okay, for my next pick, and it had to be the MTV Unplugged that sold me because I love this band even in my teenage, I only listen to punk rock phase, but I'm going to go with 10,000 Maniacs, and the song that I'm going to go with is Candy Everybody Wants, which, do you know this song? I don't, not off the top of my head. I'm, I'm sure I know it. Um, it's a song that goes, hey, hey, give them what they want. <laughs> You're not selling it. I don't know it. <laughs> hey, hey, give them what they want. On 
one hand, it is a very not rockin' song, but it's so catchy and such like a happy, joyous song or something that uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, if someone saw me like rocking out to Candy Everybody Once by 10,000 Maniacs <laughs> in my room, I would be I'd probably be made fun of very quickly. But I, I just I, to this day, I absolutely love it. That's great. What you got next? I got next the uh, the other song that I was talking about that uh, had a resurgence. So this track was actually a, a minor hit in 1980. The artist is named Benny Mardonis. This is the only hit that oh. uh, Benny Mardonis ever had. Uh, researching him, I, I saw that he passed away in June of 2020. He had fought Parkinson's disease for many years. So Benny's no longer with us. Because uh, I would have loved to have had him on the podcast to talk about this particular track. Uh, again, 1980, it came from an album called Never Run, Never Hide. Actually, I take that back. It was 1981. So almost the same time as Sheriff, which came out in 82. And then in 1989, some DJ decides to start playing this song. And I remember being up in Michigan that summer. I would go up every summer to visit my my relatives. And every hour on the hour the song was getting played and i just fell in love with it it's just such a it's so catchy it almost has that the he has the low kind of voice in the verses almost kind of reminiscent of what rick astley did and never want to give you up you know but i want you I know, and I know this song very well. I've talked about this song a lot with my friends. I would have loved to have had him on the podcast just to defend this first verse. <laughs> what are you talking about in this first yeah. verse, man? She's just 16 years old. Leave her alone, they say. Knowing what the lyrics are, I think the song was kind of like Roxanne by the police. I think it may have been about an underage girl running away being a prostitute. I don't know for certain, but that's kind of the vibe that I got. The song's called Into the Night. So I don't know. Um, Hopefully there's nothing uh, malicious within the lyrics. I don't think there is. But yeah, I I love the song, man. It's, again, another cheesy ballad. But man, when that chorus hits, it's just I'll sing it at the top of my lungs. And and it's funny, too, because, you know, you call these guilty pleasures, Chris, and it's nothing that you or I are, are embarrassed of, but certainly, you know, my band has never just been, and your band. We, we, I always said that we're more of a pop band with with punk sensibilities, and versus a punk band with pop sensibilities. You know, we're we the melodies of songs like this have seeped into less than Jake melodies. You know, and and I'm proud of that. Absolutely, it's funny when you talk about punk music. Like you're talking about like what was considered punk when punk first came around. Our bands aren't anything like that. No, <laughs> no. I mean, punk was, you know, sex pistols. It yeah. was, it was tough. It was snotty. It was out of time, out of tune, out of key. It had, yeah. you know, but, uh, 
What, what do you got next? So the next thing I got, which I was, <laughs> I felt like I was going to be lying if I, if I said what I was going to say at first, but I love putting this song on because my bandmate Trevor hates it so bad, but this isn't, this isn't my pick, but it's close. Uh, I was going to put Santana featuring Rob Thomas smooth. I do actually didn't like the song when it was on the radio every five minutes, but now looking back, I'm like, Oh, that song's pretty good. But very close to that, the song I actually do put on playlists and I absolutely love Santana featuring Michelle Branch, The Game of Love. Do you know this song? All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that little peek into the after party. If you'd like to hear the rest of that episode, plus get an entire back catalog of episodes, plus a new after party episode every Monday, you can head over to kristamakes.com to sign up for our supporting cast. There's no long-term commitment. Of course, you can sign up for a month and see if you like it. Test it out. Uh, And for the price of buying Chris and I a cup of coffee each month, you can support the podcast and get a bunch more great episodes. So thanks, everybody. We'll see you on Monday with a new amazing episode of Chris Makes a Podcast. For real, this one coming up is one of the best so far. Hell yeah, man. Bowie, Dylan, Marley. You've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the stories behind the records that made titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there.